Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode on the Becoming the Trader podcast. Joined me today is actually one of our coaches, Mr. Neil Cartwright. Really, really excited to have Neil on the podcast. He's actually been someone that actually started with the Falcon Project from the very beginning. He was actually one of our earliest students and he worked his arse off to put it quite frankly and just worked his way up to where he is to now. It's been an incredible journey. I'm really, really excited for him to share his insights, his struggles, how he overcome them. And I'm very, very confident you're going to take tons and value from Neil's story. So guys and girls, without further ado, Neil, how's it going your end? A pleasure to have you on. Hey everyone, how's it going? Yeah, thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, really excited actually to, to dive into some of the stuff we've got to talk about today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise, it's going to be it's going to be really key to get into some of the earlier parts of your journey. I'm sure a lot of people are curious. You know, you've made it all the way up to being a coach at Falcon, and there's some really really key reasons of why that's happened in your journey. And I think that would actually be a really good place to start. If we start off, you know, actually right at the beginning of your story, and then I'm going to get into a couple of questions just to give people who maybe don't know you that are listening from the outside of the community or maybe just joined recently. How has your sort of trading journey been overall? How long have you been trading? So I've actually not been trading for that long in the grand scheme of things. I first started learning about trading at the end of 2016. So, and then I opened a live account at the beginning of 2017. And that's pretty much when I joined Falcon. So overall, not that long, but um, a little bit about myself, uh, like my background was that I, I actually never thought I would work in finance. I, I hated maths when I was a kid, when I was at school, and I just assumed that uh, you know, finance isn't the sort of thing that I would ever be interested in. So I, I used to work in marketing, and it was whilst I was working in marketing over in Copenhagen that I, you know, I always kind of had a bit of an interest in, in Forex trading, but just assumed that it would be very maths heavy. So I just never really took it seriously. But then uh, it was whilst I was working over there that I, I got into it. And uh, yeah, I mean, and here we are now. Awesome. Awesome. So relatively in terms of, uh, I know you say that you haven't been in trading for that long, but you know, that's because you're more of a longer term thinker, right? You're thinking about the next five years, 10 years, et cetera. But that time period of when you've been involved in, I think this is really important to understand from Neil's journey is that you could be learning to trade for, let's say five years and kind of passively, you know, kind of watch content, you know, go from system to system, system hoppers, that kind of stuff, and never really grasp anything and do anything. I think the key thing to understand from, from Neil's journey, which is what we want to get into, is that, Neil, you've been you know, hustling from day one. You haven't just kind of started trading and then thought, I'm just going to see how this goes. You've been on it every single day. And I think the key thing to understand is that when you're focused, the amount that you can achieve in even just one year will be very, very different to what someone achieves in five years of kind of just letting it pass by. So, Going there, so when you was, let's say you're working, right, you're trying to transition to full-time, this being the first real question, I'm sure everybody's wondering because a lot of people, they're, tra they're doing their nine-to-five job. Some people love their nine-to-five, some people don't like the nine-to-five. And how did you find transitioning to full-time trader before you, came a uh, before you actually became a coach at Falcon? Well, by no means is it easy. Um, it's... I, I appreciate that most people in the community and probably a lot of people listening outside of the Falcon community have a nine to five job. And there is, it is tough. It's very tough at times to balance both, especially if you have other commitments such as like a family as well. And, you know, you want to see your friends from time to time too. So, but it's entirely possible. It's just, it, it's just like, how badly do you really want it? 
So like you touched upon like a moment ago, um, I haven't been doing this for that long, but the amount of work that I put in when I was learning, especially in the very, very beginning, it was sickening. It was, uh, you know, a lot of very early mornings and a lot of very late nights. And it just goes to show that it is entirely possible. It just comes back down to like, how badly do you want to succeed with this? When I, when I found trading and I started doing it and I realized, oh, actually, I, I can do this and I'm, I'm quite good at it, um, I kind of felt like I found my thing, you know? Like before that, I, I think at this point I was like 29 and I, I was working in an industry where I didn't mind the work, but I definitely didn't love it. But when I started learning how to trade, I, I just had like a passion for it and it was never, ever an arduous task to, you know, stay up late or to wake up an extra 90 minutes early in the morning to like put in the work. So I actually found it, although it was tough, I actually found it enjoyable and like relatively easy to, you know, to put that work in and hustle away and grind and like actually get myself up to speed. Yeah. So you're, so you're, you're enjoying it. So from the very beginning, you're really, you're loving it essentially. So you don't feel that kind of, Oh, I've got to watch an hour's content to learn. You're just excited for it. And, and going to that part, when you're at work, how are you managing, you know, getting into positions? Because that's the thing that everybody's on everybody's minds, right? They kind of use their nine to five as an, ex- as an excuse. And they think that, oh, if only I had, you know, part-time work, or if only I was just full-time already, I would then catch those positions. And that's kind of the wrong approach. That's the wrong mindset. And I don't think enough people understand why, because you just need to adapt. How did, question to you, how did you adapt when you're transitioning to become a full-time trader? Uh, I 100% agree with what you just say there. Um, what, it all comes down to preparation. So I would wake up early and I would uh, get on the charts in the morning and I'd have my, my watch list ready. So, I mean, every, every week we, we get our top six and we have some wild cards as well. But essentially that boils down to having like 10 pairs on watch and if you have a nine to five job and you know you're a busy person you've got things going on you can't really properly focus your attention equally across 10 pairs so i'd take the top six i'd almost disregard the wild cards immediately and i'd take that top six and i would focus on maybe one or two pairs that i felt were most likely to be ready that day and that would be my watch list for that day. And I would have forecasted two or three possible outcomes that I thought may be more likely or less likely to occur that day. And then I'd set alerts on my phone. So I'd set alerts on my charts and I'd get notifications on my phone so that I could just carry on with my job and not have that fear of missing out. Because I know that if a, if a position gets to an area that I'm interested in taking it, then I'm going to get an alert. And then, you know, then you might have to, you know, excuse yourself from the uh, meeting room or, you know, pop outside of the office or even from time to time trade from the toilets. But then, I I mean, I've talked about trading from the toilets several times now, but I'm a massive advocate of it, especially when you're in a nine to five, you'll laugh about it one day. I'm laughing about it now, but at the time it was a bit, it was a bit weird, but you you just have to do what you got to do. But in the end, you find that you miss far fewer opportunities than what you initially anticipate that you would if you've done the proper preparation. But that's what it all comes down to. It's like people fail to do the work and to prepare and then get pissed off when they don't get the results. It's, it's like they go hand in hand. So you can't really have one without the other. Of course. And then they start using excuses like, oh, that one I was sleeping and they almost develop a habit and we see it in the language, right? It's, it's constantly 
it'll be a similar type of person that always happens to, let's say, miss these positions. They're like, well, I was sleeping. I was sleeping. I was sleeping. And constantly, I was sleeping. I was sleeping. Now, what that really comes down to is the root of a lack of preparation because it doesn't matter if you're sleeping. If you prepare right, the way that we utilize entries, you can still put trades on. You know, it all comes down to preparation. So for you, it was a matter of, it wasn't the restriction of time. You just made it happen and you adapted based off of, you know, being really, really prepared and setting alerts. And I love that. It's because people think it's this crazy, complicated thing, but you literally done two of the most simple things. And it was the consistency of it. I think that's what people struggle with, Neil. Would you agree with that? You know, you've coached people from time to time now. You know, you coach people regularly in the community. Would you, do you find that what, what's the biggest struggle that people struggle with? Is it preparation or is it something else? I just think, I, d- I don't think people work hard enough. And I know that's probably going to rub people up the wrong way, a few people. And, but I just think we live in this sort of society, in this generation now, where everyone wants everything immediately, this immediate gratification. Like, trading's not easy. Like, God, if it was, then everyone would do it. But, you know, it's, it's hard. And it does take time to learn it. But, like, you have to put in the hard work and you have to put in the hard work consistently it's like we've used this analogy before with the gym you can't go to the gym for 10 hours one day of the week you know you have to split it up like over five six seven days of the week to actually see the results it's the same with trading you've got to come at it day after day after day week after week you've got to turn up show up and put in the work and even then you know the the progression is never going to be linear there's always going to be peaks and troughs along the way so it's just it comes back down to like how badly do you want it and how much are you willing to to sacrifice and are you going to be prepared enough to actually get to where you want to go and and just touching on that and going straight to the feeling now how does it feel having come out on the other side of that so we we know it's hard we know it's difficult but for people that are not there yet that are going through the struggle and they're pushing and they're, they're working really really hard and they're proud of the, their work ethic what's the feeling like because I, I remember the thing years and years ago, but for someone more recent, what does that feel like? Yeah, when you first go full time or you know that you can literally make an income entirely on you, you don't have to rely on anybody else but yourself. How does that feel? Honestly, once you've like tasted it, you'll never go back. I've always been, I've never really been one for huge corporations and bureaucracy and uh, office politics. I'd much rather work in an environment where there's an almost a direct correlation between the effort that I put in and the, the output that you receive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely get that with trading. Um, I, I cannot begin to tell you how like refreshing it is to structure your day exactly how you want to, to be able to go literally anywhere in the world and work. And you know, your income will become, will be very similar to what it would be if you were just staying at home. You know, of course, you know, there's a lot to talk about with trading and traveling. That's a whole nother subject, but like being able to have that freedom, that flexibility and to be able to live your life by your own terms, instead of being dictated to by someone else who really genuinely doesn't have your best interests at heart. It's a fantastic feeling. And it's one that when I was still working in the nine to five, I I had that like held as like a vision in my mind that I, I will get there. It was never like, oh, I wonder if I will. It was always like, I will. It's a case of if not when. And you know, I held on to that. And that's kind of what pushed me through because don't get me wrong. There were some really, really tough times along the way. It's never all smooth sailing, but um, it just makes it all the more rewarding when you come out the other side of it. 
Yeah, exactly. So it's not a matter of if you're going to do it. You know, you know, you knew that. Look, this is happening, and I'm not going to just say, "Oh, it might happen." Like you already knew in your mind that's happening, and I'm going to. And then what you did is subconsciously work towards it. And this is why I don't think people realize enough. You were subconsciously doing everything within your power, utilizing your time, leveraging your nine to five, seeing it as a good thing that's going to actually elevate you towards achieving that goal. And I think what I love about what you've done recently as well, right? So a little bit of background on Neil. He was living in Copenhagen for pretty much 10 years right now. Yeah. So I was abroad. I was away from the UK for just under 10 years. So two years in South Korea and then pretty much the rest of it in Copenhagen. Yeah. So a, a crazy time away. And what I love about uh, what happened recently is that you've come back to the UK, right? So now you're living in the UK and then you went back to Copenhagen to see friends and things like that. Isn't it interesting that now you've returned, if you like, you've now returned as a full-time trader in that respect, that now you're going back to Copenhagen. Th think about where you were before that. You wouldn't have been able to do that. And now you're going back, being able to say, well, yeah, I can go to Copenhagen for a couple of weeks. I can go for three weeks if I want. Do you know what? I might even go for six weeks and I'll just trade here. So isn't that what a feeling that is? I don't think people realize how great of a feeling that is to be able to just say, pick your laptop up, and let's go somewhere else. Now, it's not always going to be smooth sailing because like what Neil alluded to earlier, which was about traveling and trading, that's a whole other topic because you have to have your right processes. It's not as glamorous as what people make it out. You still have to be very, very diligent. But just knowing that you have that flexibility to say, right, I want to go here. Let's go do that. And then you just set up your routines. You change your environment, but not your routine. I think that's really important. How did that feel for you going back to Copenhagen? Was you there for a couple of weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, so I have, I have a, a godson over in Copenhagen. I think quite a few people think it might be my kid, but um, <laughs> let's clear that one up. <laughs> yeah, just to set the record straight, like I don't have any children, at least none that I'm aware of. But um, like, no, he's my godson, but he's only 18 months old at this time. So I, I want to get back over there to see him growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, after living somewhere for such a long time, you have, you know, friends that pretty much become like family. So mm -hmm. you know, it's important for me to get back over there as often as I can to, to see everyone and like stay in touch. And, you know, it's only Copenhagen. So it's, it's very cheap and very quick to get there. So it's not like it's uh, the other side of the world, but having the ability to, you know, you don't have to ask a boss and be like, can I take 10 days off or two weeks off to like go, you know, see my friends. Like you never have to ask permission. And I love that. And, you know, it's, it's the source of traveling like you touched on earlier where, you change your environment, but you don't change your routine because it's, it's just basically going from London to Copenhagen. It's a very, very similar city. It's a very similar environment. Um, and so 90% of it's the same. It's just you're in a different country. I have tried trading and traveling before in completely different environments, such as like Vietnam and like other parts of Southeast Asia. And it's much more difficult when you don't have a stable internet connection. You don't have a, a good quiet place to work from you don't have such a set routine and it's not as glamorous as what people make it out to be in, in fact it, to be honest it's a bit of a pain in the ass but um, <laughs> I, I don't know about you but like i i trade best when i'm at my home setup and i have my like familiar surroundings and my my routine is locked down oh 100 because it's the flow state yeah that that flow state you get into is normally in your routine, your sanctuary, if you like, right? So it's only natural that goes out of whack when you're in different places. It's no coincidence why when I went to Australia or when I went to Dubai and other places, you know, my returns suffer. That's fine. I accept that. Now, that's only because I'm there for a short period of time. If, however, I went somewhere for, let's say, a month 
right? And this is what I would say about traveling and trading, that if you're going to go somewhere and you're going to chop and change every single week, then don't be surprised if your results do suffer. If, however, you're going to go somewhere, maybe just, you know, um, stay somewhere for a month, for example, or for two months, I would, if I was going to, let's say, focus on, right, I'm going to hit, you know, 12 countries, I'm going to decide I'm going to travel a bit now. What I would do is I would pick 12 countries or six countries and say, I'm going to stay there for two months each because I would need enough time to get my bearings right. I would need enough time to get my station, like you said, a stable internet connection, which is crucial and very costly if you don't have that on point. So just having these things in place, that would be absolutely crucial for myself. So this is not to put people off to travel and trade because of course you can do it. Just understand that it's not about sitting on the beach all the time, but just having that flexibility. What you'll find is anyway, you'll much prefer being in your own setup because there's something about building wealth, having, you know, taking pride in your setup, your workspace and getting in that flow state. And I think the flow state is key. And moving on to a good question that I think that I would want to throw to you to, to help the Falcon community now your sort of journey member starting off as a member to consistency. How did you find that? And is there anything that you're still doing now that you, you carried that you've carried on doing that actually got you consistency in the first place and what sort of tips would you give to people in the community? Yeah. So first point that I want to make to like, if there's newer members in the community or people that are, you know, just starting out with Falcon or just starting out with trading in general. And they kind of think like, Oh my God, like I'll never get to this point. Uh, you got to remember like anything is possible. I started off with Falcon as what well, I was pretty much on the first webinar, but I never imagined that I could, uh, you know, be a full-time trader, like fr from that early stage, I always thought it would be years and years and years. And, it happens a lot quicker than you think if you put the hard work in and you're consistent. The thing that I did is that I, I basically listened to what Mark was, what you were telling us to do, and I actually did it. It, it sounds almost too simplistic, but you would say, utilize the three-step process, set daily goals, read, you know, back test, forecast, all these things, and you say them, and you don't say them for your own benefit. You say them because they work, but I actually went out and did all of them things and shock horror, it actually paid off. I, I still utilize the three-step process today. Every piece of content which comes out, I still go through it three times. Maybe I don't have to, but I don't have that attitude where I think, well, I'm at this level now, I don't have to put in the work because it's putting in that work and that process which got me from being a beginner to where I am right now, why would I change it? You know, it's... Mm -hmm. If, if a process works for you, you're not going to just suddenly stop doing it when you believe you've reached a, a sort of higher level. That would almost be counterproductive, right? So that's what, that's what I would be um, advising like, people to do is just find a routine, find a process which works for you and come at it every single day or come at it as often as you can. And just don't think that changing it up is going to be beneficial in the long run. Yeah, see, uh, I love that, you know, because... If it, you know what you said? It's so simple. You just listen to what I said and you've done it. So how many people are just not listening? They kind of want to be, everybody wants to be a hero. They always want to like make their tweak on it when the formula is there for you to do. So for example, and I find this a lot and I think you found it as well because we've spoken about it with people that you've coached as well. We will know that, you know, Swiss pairs are often wiki and corrective. And then you'll find that people have lots of Swiss pairs in their watch list. So they've got Aussie, Swiss, Euro, Swiss, all these Swissy pairs in their watch list a lot of the time. And then there's a direct correlation between a lot of those people constantly being tagged in, tagged out and getting, let's say, bad results. 
And if you just watch one webinar, you'd know not to do that. So I think it's just understanding that you just pay attention. And if you pay attention, you're going to learn a lot. And even just touching on the three-step process, right? Even though you technically may not have to, the very reason that you do is the reason why you're going to sustain results longer term. And that's the key thing to understand. Now, it doesn't mean, guys and girls, and this is me speaking to the Falcon community now, as well as now, it doesn't mean that you have to take a two-hour webinar and watch that back-to-back, two hours, two hours, two hours. What he means is that there might be something specific in there. You know, a midweek, that's probably a lot easier to, you know, do the three-step process and have the attention span to do that. But a two-hour webinar, for example, there may be a certain section within that, whether it's the top six part or whether it's a three pairs that you had in your watch list and you're comparing it to mine when you're doing your analysis. What's that section three times over and make notes on that? I think it's applying that mindset and being laser focused and hyper specific with the content that you watch. Don't just watch content for the sake of watching content and kind of just put, yeah, three-step process. And really you just kind of let it play in the background because then you won't absorb anything anyway. I think that's the key thing. Would you agree with that, Neil? Kind of being hyper specific and not just watching hours and hours for the sake of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I could watch a webinar, but be, you know, playing, fiddling around on Instagram and have the TV on in the background. And I would take like zero value from it. It's, it's more like deep focus rather than just like putting in the work for the sake of doing it because it looks good for the gram, let's say, but it's, um, you know, when I, when I'm watching the content, my phone, it, it does go on airplane mode a lot of the time. Uh, it's away from me and I'm focused. I use, uh, was it video? What's it called? Video speed controller or something like that. And I speed up the content. I don't watch it at 1.0 speed. I, it's almost weird hearing you talk at normal speed right now, Mark, but, um, I, I listen to it sped up and I won't watch, a, let's say a Sunday market breakdown. I won't watch the whole thing three times. The top six, in the, the wild cards, yeah, I'll watch that. And if there's any of the requested pairs or some of the questions which I find quite, you know, more meaningful or more interesting and pertinent to what I want to, to learn that day, then I might go over that again. But, you know, you, you do pick and choose certain areas which are, which are more applicable to yourself. So, yeah, so don't get it wrong like you don't have to watch a two or three hour webinar three times in a row just to get the value from it you can you can definitely you know speed up the process somewhat for, for sure and it's just a, it's being efficient with it right you know you're still doing the same thing that you're doing from day one that you and you're still doing it now even when maybe you wouldn't have to it's the same as like i like to think of it like this there's, there's lots of examples and just one that quickly comes to mind here is you know cristiano ronaldo most people may know who cristiano ronaldo is you know football star arguably one of the greatest footballers in the world and you know you can't deny the level of his free kicks you know they used to use the same example for david beckham look if you do you really think that cristiano ronaldo david beckham got really great at free kicks and thought yeah i'm not going to stay behind and take any three kicks anymore you know i'm just gonna yeah i can do three kicks that was top corner that's fine i'm just gonna chill no, not at all. They're working harder than, the, than other people, even more so, even when their free kicks are good. You know, I remember there was an interview without going to on, on the sports side of things, but I remember uh, an interview with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and another Man United uh, player. They, he went to his house and you know, they thought they was going to chill. And then Cristiano Ronaldo had this, such a strict routine. He was like, right, we're going to eat you know, boiled chicken, uh, vegetables, then we're going to play two touchs, then we're going to go for a swim, then we're going to go for this. And then the other Man United player was just like, look, Cristiano, just chill. <laughs> we're, not, we're not at the training ground right now. But you see how focused he was and just the epitome of someone who just keeps working, working smart, working hard constantly. And that's someone who's obsessed. And I think 
in trading, you have to be obsessed. And in any industry that you do, you have to be obsessed. So a, a word to the community and to traders as a whole, make sure that you are doing everything within your power to make it happen and be obsessed with what you're doing because it's those people that are obsessed are the ones that find all these crazy breakthroughs. And sometimes the process is more simpler than you think and you have to just leverage whatever that is and whether that's you know people that don't believe in you and things like that or whether that's you know the desire for gain some people get motivated by different things for me it's the desire for gain my personal journey it was never about you know uh people think that i couldn't do it some people use that as huge leverage for me personally i've got i'm not here to prove anyone wrong it's just myself there's always going to be small elements that I would say that I was there to, you know, I'll kind of prove to that person, prove to that person. But I mean, longer term as a whole, it didn't really come from the root of my success didn't come from wanting to prove people wrong. But I also think that there is good in that at the same time as well. Not longer term, but short term. I think in the short term, if, if that's something that you're, you're using to get yourself up every morning and you're using that to push you, then why not? leverage at the beginning whatever you can and if that is a bit of a chip on your shoulder improving proving yourself fine you may not sustain that longer term and you'll realize as you become more mature that that's not the way but leverage whatever you can to get to where you need to be Neil, question chucking that back to you how did you sort of prove the naysayers or did you was you just purely desire for gain or was you was there anyone that didn't believe in you whether that be family and friends that you had a story on that I think on the most part, I was quite fortunate to have uh, a good group of people around me, friends and family that were quite supportive, but by no means was everyone on board. I mean, I, I think I've used this story before, but I'll say it again because it, it really like epitomizes what we're trying to cover here. And it was one of my very, very close friends when I told him, when I first started out with Forex, I actually just created like a, an Instagram account for it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to document my journey. And I told him that I was starting to learn how to trade. And he, he just laughed in my face and was like, you can't make money with Forex. It's impossible. Like no one does it. It's just, you know, you're going to lose all your money. Um, fast forward about 12 months, that same guy became my first investor. So uh, in the end it was, you know, he'd come full circle and the way what happened basically was I just, you, you've got to show people rather than tell people. I think it might sound a little bit harsh, but I think people just need to toughen up to be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's sort of a, a slight reflection on the, the society we live in these days, especially maybe with, let's say the younger generation. I think people are care too much what other people think about them. Now, I think having sort of a thicker skin does come a little bit with age and experience, um, mm. but to a certain degree, you just have to, you just like, you've got to think like you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing this for other people. So do you really care at the end of the day? Does it really matter what a couple of people think about this thing that you're doing? No one doing better than you is ever going to belittle you. No one, no one doing much better than you is ever going to, you know, try to squash your dreams. It's people that are intimidated by you progressing and intimidating, in, intimidated by you looking to better yourself. And you just got to hold that in your mind because, you know, if someone's talking shit about, you know, you and your, your trading journey, you just got to think like, well, you know, why are they saying these things? You know, it, it, comes from, it comes from a lack of knowledge. It comes from a lack of clarity, especially in this industry that we work in. There are a lot of misconceptions about trading. I mean, I had them myself in the beginning i assume that you have to 
A, have a lot of money to start trading. B, you have to have a background in finance. And C, you have to work in a, like in, in a bank or something. I, I just assumed all of those things were true. And I also believe that you can never make money with Forex. But when you, when you actually gain some clarity on the subject and you actually dive into it, you, know, you find out that there's a lot, of, a lot of misconceptions out there. But you just have to just toughen up and get on with it and show people rather than telling people what you're going to do, just show them the results. Because people often respond better to results that they can see rather than words that you're going to tell them. Exactly. And I think the, the important thing there, toughen up. Toughen up and, and focus on doing rather than constantly telling. I think that's the key thing. We're, we're so focused on what we're going to do and we keep telling people what we're going to do. Just do it. Don't worry about what people think. I think people get bothered about the littlest of things. You know, that person replied to that comment on Instagram or he sent me a DM and it wasn't really nice because they said something about uh, me as a trader and then they get upset and then it ruins their whole day. And, and, and all that kind of stuff is going on every single day and it's making people depressed. They're actually waiting for people to comment on their Instagram. And then they find Instagram friends, if you like. And if they don't endorse what they want, then they find these negative groups. It, it spirals out of control. You know, like I, I, I see myself as fortunate and lucky because I wasn't involved in that space. I wasn't even on Instagram. We live in a world right now in a true degree now where if it's not on Instagram, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. like it's honestly, it's hilarious. It cracks me up. If it's not on Instagram, it didn't happen. You know, you'll, you'll have something and then someone will ask you, oh, where's that? Where's that gone? Well, just because it's not on Instagram doesn't mean it's not there. It's a ridiculous world that we live in at this point. So I think to everybody on social side of things, take a step back and think, don't you want some of your life a little bit private? Do you really want to be putting your whole life on Instagram? And I don't mean just from you know, a showing off point of view. I mean, from a security point of view, a privacy point of view, where is, where is privacy nowadays where people feel like, no, 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 it has to all be on there. Well, hold on a minute. How about you keep certain things of your life private? I think that's an important subject to do as well because we're creating a lot of vulnerability by putting too much stuff out there. And I've always been a big believer in, I'm not a show off. That's just not my style. Neil, you know me personally. I'm just not that style. I've got zero desire to be that person because I'm a businessman at heart. And I've always been interested in business from the beginning. And that's where I, I saw trading as a business. I never saw it as a, a get rich quick. Maybe when I was 18, when I first took that course on stocks, you know, I probably did have in my head, wow, like I'm going to make this happen in like a week. But I still had that kind of entrepreneurial business mindset for trading at the very beginning. So just take a step back sometimes, guys and girls, and ask yourself, why are you doing this in the first place? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you listening to? And are you really willing to put in the work? And have you made the relevant sacrifices in order to get there? Or are you kind of just trying to get there? But you're still going out on the weekend. You're still doing this. You're still doing that. And you're not really doing that deep work that Neil mentioned, having that deep focus. I think that is the key thing. But Neil, just to finish up, is there any kind of words of advice, anything that you would you know, recommend that not just the Falcon community do, but just traders as a whole, anything that you've learned along in your journey or something to understand and reflect on? You just got to gotta realize that anything worth, like nothing worth having comes easy. So you got to realize that this journey, it takes time, it takes effort, but the rewards on the other side, 110% make it worthwhile. Um, don't expect to start trading in January and be profitable and a multimillionaire by February. It's just, it just simply doesn't happen that way. There's 
there's going to be a lot of ups, there's going to be a lot of downs, there's going to be frustrations. But if you're coming at this for the right reasons and you're doing this for yourself, not to try and impress others, then you won't really care about how long it takes. And there's a quote that I'm, I'm going to end this with, which is the day that you plant the seed is not the day that you eat the fruit. And I think that holds so true with trading. You have to put the work in and set the solid foundations initially. And it might be years until you start reaping the rewards of your hard work. But you know, once if you've planted them seeds in the right way, you can't unlearn what you've learned. You know, you won't, you're building a skill that can last you forever. So just look at it that way. It doesn't matter if you don't make money from this in the next six to 12 months. This is a skill set. This is some knowledge which you'll have with you for the rest of your life and you will reap the rewards for it for many, many years to come. So stay patient, keep at it and, you know, don't give up too easily. Absolutely love that, Neil. That's uh, some really, really wise words. I really love that quote as well. I've heard that quote kind of said in many ways, and it's so true, isn't it? We kind of want that instantly, but we realize that the, the great things, they take time. So if you, if you took that kind of weak mindset into another industry, then you'll be in the same situation. You'll constantly want that instantly, and you'll fail there. So you may as well do it in something that's going to give you crazy rewards on the other side. Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I think that they've taken tons and tons of value, the listeners, and I really hope you've enjoyed it overall, just going through back and forth. It's been kind of refreshing just to go back through your journey as well. I think people are going to realize that, you know, we, we sometimes see, even see yourself. A lot of people look up to you in the community and see you as a coach, not realizing that you was just once a student that just had the desire to make it happen. What I would love, Neil, in the future, maybe in a couple of, couple of weeks or a month or so, I'd love to get into some more technical topics. Maybe we could jump back on and go through a subject in just the fear of missing out alone and some psychology stuff or some, you know, even the fear of being wrong. I'd love to dig into those. I think the listeners would love that. Yeah, I mean, this has been quite a, you know, quite a broad variety of subjects that we've covered today, but definitely love to get back on here in a few weeks and maybe we could pick one or two subjects and deep dive into them and really sort of, you know, see if we can dig up some good value for, for, for the members of the community and other people listening. Awesome, awesome. Well, been an absolute pleasure. Again, thanks again for having you on. And guys and girls, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Look forward to bringing you the next one. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.